Today, I'm sitting down with Tess Zigo, who is a certified financial planner. Now, she's been on the podcast before, so if you haven't listened to her previous episode, go back and check it out. The title of it is How to Create Wealth, Starting with the End in Mind. On this episode, we're going to be talking about different tax strategies and investment strategies for whether you're a business owner or you're a W-2 employee. Obviously, the tax strategies can be a little bit different. If you own your own business, you can have certain deductions, whereas an employee, you're not going to have those deductions. So we'll dive into some of those details, talk about different ways to save money, different ways to invest money. So your money's working for you, or your money is growing instead of sitting in a bank, sitting in a savings account and not doing anything for you. So we're going to talk about all that. I hope you get some value out of this and let's jump right into it. Welcome to another episode of Palm Harbor Local. I'm your host, Florida native and real estate ninja, Donnie Hathaway. You know, I started this podcast because I'm extremely passionate about connecting you with the people and the local businesses that make Palm Harbor so special. Palm Harbor, Florida is a great place to live, work, and play. It has everything you could dream of, from the food, the outdoors, the lifestyle, to the people in the community. I wanted to create a podcast that connected the community and inspired everyone to live better. To join this community and stay up to date on all things Palm Harbor, visit my website. It's palmharborlocal.com and sign up there to join the locals. And remember, together, we keep Palm Harbor local. Welcome, Tess. I appreciate you jumping back for round two, as we were just saying. I've been on the podcast before, but now we're kind of jumping back into it and talking more about tax strategies for business owners, also for employees, and just kind of investing in kind of talking more in depth in that world, correct? Absolutely. Thank you, Donnie, for having me. It's a true pleasure. And we just got through tax season for 2021. So I thought while it's fresh in everyone's mind, let's talk about taxes because I always say tip your waiter and not the IRS. Yes, that's probably a good slogan, a good idea. So why don't we start with just, I think everyone's like most familiar with 401ks, right? So as a business owner versus a W-2 employee, I guess kind of talk a little bit about that and some of the differences and the options there for them. Yeah, absolutely. So if you work for a corporation or you have worked for a corporation in the past, you're probably familiar with the 401k which is the retirement contribution plan where you can put in money pre-tax. Typically, sometimes you do have a Roth option within your 401k, which is after-tax dollars. And the whole idea with the 401k plans is they replace what we used to have in the workplace, which was pension plans. So back in the day, you retired You stayed with the same company for 30 plus years and you got a gold watch and a pension, which was the company's promise to pay you X dollars for the rest of your life, thanks to your loyalty and your hard work, right? But in our generation, pensions are pretty much extinct. So we have the 401k, which is you contributing and potentially having a match from the employer that you work for which I like to think as a free lunch. Yeah, free money, (laughs) right? right? Yes, and everybody likes free money. So please take it. (laughs) If your company is matching X percent of your contribution, you should take advantage of that, right? But the 401k puts you in the driver's seat. So you are in charge of deciding how much you want to contribute. 
and you are in charge of picking your investment option within that plan, okay? So unlike the pension plans, which were the company takes all that risk and they give you the guarantee of X dollars for life, you are now in the driver's seat. So it's up to you to make sure that you're going to have enough money when you get to retirement. The pension plans, the employees, they paid into the pension plans back then or no? Yeah. So back in the day, back in the good old days, (laughs) it was the employers who took this upon their shoulders to say, we're going to contribute for your benefit when you retire. Okay. Now it's you're going to contribute for your benefit when you retire and we're going to throw in some money into your 401k potentially. Yeah. I would say most of the companies that I know. Yeah. do contribute a certain percent, but okay. typically it's a small percent. Right. And it's really up to you to make sure that you're saving and investing that money. So when you get to the other side, <laughs> yeah. right, where you no longer want to work or you're forced at a certain stage to care for a family member, whatever it is that forces you to retire, you have enough money. Yep. Okay. And then there's some options, right? You have as far as like, Once you have money in your 401k, Mm -hmm. 10, 15 years down the line, like what you can do with that money, whether you just keep it in the account, maybe like transferring it, I guess, to other accounts, other investments, that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. I guess we can talk about that here in a minute. But what about like if you're a small business owner? So like myself, I don't have anybody who's going to match a 401k. Like how do I get that set up? Mm -hmm. And and kind of like, what are my options there? Mm -hmm. Yes. So as a small business owner, the first thing to know is that you have options. And you actually have more options because guess what? (laughs) You can pick any retirement account as long as you're eligible. And so you have full freedom in that sense versus when you're an employee, you kind of have to use what they give you, right? Okay. So as a small business owner, you have a, depending on how you're structured and whether you have W-2 employees or 1099 contractors working for you, there's plenty of different options to choose from. So I'll just start with the solopreneur, right? Because we most of us start that way, right? It's just (laughs) me and me alone working for myself and I. (laughs) I do it all, yeah. Right? Yeah. (laughs) So typically when you're just yourself, you have a lot of options. So you have the solo 401k. That's an option. It's the equivalent to the 401k for companies, except it comes with a lower admin cost. Okay. Okay. So the 401k has admin cost in the thousands. This is $150 a year. Okay. I have one set up for myself. And the awesome thing about the solo 401k is you can contribute up to 61,000 a year. So you're capped at 61,000 as a solo entrepreneur. Correct. Unless you're over the age of 50 and I don't want to get into the specifics, but basically it's a pretty significant dollar amount, right? That you can contribute for your future. Yeah. Okay. So you make work optional because listen, I mean, we love our business, but we don't want to work forever. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> so that solo 401k gives you the option to put the money into a retirement account for yourself. And it can be pre-tax or a portion of it can also be Roth money. Okay. Okay. And the difference is one saves you on taxes today. The other one creates a tax-free bucket when you retire. That's the Roth. So when you pull the money from the Roth, it's tax-free. Correct. But when you're investing into it, it's post after you've paid taxes. Exactly. Yes. 
What's up, Palm Harbor? It's your host, Donnie Hathaway. If you are looking to stay up to date with all things Palm Harbor, then visit my website. It's palmharborlocal.com. Super simple. You can sign up there, join the locals, where I'll be sharing more information on local events, local history, and what's happening in Palm Harbor. You know, I really want to create and add more value to you as a listener for spending your valuable time tuning into my podcast. So join me there, keep listening, and remember, together, we keep Palm Harbor local. So you got to choose, right? There's typically a choice and a trade-off. Do you want to pay taxes today or do you want to pay taxes in the future? Yeah. Because the IRS wants to collect their tax dollars. So you can be smart with your strategy in terms of, do I think that I'm going to be in a higher tax bracket in the future, Mm. right? So if you're young and you're just starting out and you're just beginning your business, you're probably in a lower tax bracket because you're still not reaching that full potential. Sure. So I like using the Roth in those first early years. Because you're paying taxes before you invest it in a lower tax bracket at that point in your life. Yes, exactly. makes sense. Yes. Okay. And then there is the SEP, which is the Simplified Employee Pension Plan, Simple IRA, So those are some good options as well. But typically you can contribute more into the solo 401k, which is why I love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then once you get into really, really high revenue years, so you're making well over 300,000 in income and you really want to pay less in tax and build up your retirement nest egg, then we start looking into the cash balance plans. Okay, And that's just another retirement account that we can use to put money pre-tax. So reducing your tax liability today and making sure that you have a big nest egg for when you no longer want to work. Yeah. So the solo 401k, there's nobody there that's going to match it. Like there's no way to have somebody in uh, match like in a small percentage of what you're putting in there Mm -hmm. as a solo entrepreneur. Is that correct? Correct. It's basically you, yourself and you. Yeah. (laughs) So you're taking care of the, there is an employee deferral and employer deferral Uh, and you're both. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So yes, it's all your money that's going into that vehicle. Okay. I think we kind of just touched on this, but like some of the differences between like a Roth IRA, yeah, Roth IRA and just a simple IRA. Is that correct? Oh yeah. So I think Roth IRA and just an IRA. IRA. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you have to choose when you want to pay taxes, right? So the difference is just timing. So the Roth IRA, you're paying taxes today. The IRA, you're paying taxes in the future when you take money out. Okay. Okay. So that's the big difference. So that's what you're investing. Like if you have a 401k, like that's what you're investing. Those investment accounts are either a Roth Mm -hmm. or an IRA. Exactly. Got you. Yes. I understand that now. Okay. Yeah. So it's definitely something that you want to have like set up, right? Whether mm-hmm. you're a solo entrepreneur or a W-2 employee, like if you're a W-2 employee, like take advantage of that percentage that your those that your company is contributing. Yes. Yes. Take advantage of the free money if you're a W-2 employee. And if you're a small business owner, just know that there is plenty of options and it's not that hard to get an account set up. So I always recommend talking to a financial planner, partly because I'm biased, but partly because (laughs) as small business owners, we can't do it all, even though we try really hard. But sometimes it pays dividends to talk to the experts, right? It's almost like even if you just started out, like just using a financial planner Mm -hmm. just to kind of give you a better understanding or like we were talking about before, like using a CPA to get Mm -hmm. a better understanding of what it is you're doing. 
And then if you want to do it later on by yourself, go yeah, for it. Yeah, by all means. <laughs> yeah. But it's a lot. And like you said, we were talking earlier, like the tax law is always changing. Mm-hmm. What you're investing to is always changing and that sort of stuff too. So Yes. And, you know, I like to think of it as the opportunity cost and how much is your hour worth, yeah, right? Right, right, right? Because unless you're a money nerd like me and you just love reading and consuming personal finance, it's probably going to take you a lot of hours to figure out what makes the most sense for you. Mm-hmm. And you could be spending that time doing what you're good at and doing the things that you enjoy doing. Yeah. So then you make more money as exactly. a solo entrepreneur That's and right. then you leverage somebody else's expertise. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Leverage is, is something I've been learning a lot about lately is leveraging other people's expertise and tell me more, do the things that you want to do huh? and that you're good at, like you mm-hmm, said, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's extremely important, mm-hmm. but not everyone understands that. I don't think. Yeah. Well, and I think honestly, it just goes back to. For example, I was shopping for a house last year, right? I am not a realtor. I don't know where the good school districts are. I don't know where the flood zones are. I don't know what to look for. So I rely on your expertise Mm -hmm. to tell me what I need to know so I can make an educated decision. Right. And it's not information that isn't available to the public, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can get all that information, but it's like you got to figure out where to go to get all that information. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about the health savings account, Mm -hmm. right? So shopping for insurance, I think this is something that always comes up. Like, do you want a plan that has a health savings account? Do you want to contribute to the health savings account? I personally have never done it, but I would love to hear your thoughts on some of the advantages and why it's good or why it's not good. Yes. So I remember going to a conference and they were talking about HSAs. And the triple tax advantage account, they called it. Okay. And I thought, whoa, tell me more. (laughs) That sounds like the best kept secret. (laughs) And so here's the deal with HSAs. They really have a triple tax savings. And you don't get that a lot. With all the other retirement tax advantage accounts that we have, typically you're getting maximum two advantages. But with the HSA, you're getting three. So... The money you put in is pre-tax, reduces your taxable liability in the year you contribute. The money grows tax deferred. You're not paying any taxes on all the interest and the growth within the HSA, meaning you can invest the HSA funds. So the money that you're putting into the HSA, if you don't use it for medical bills, it actually acts as an investment account. So you can invest that money, right, and have it growing for you. And then when you get to a point in time where you retire or at any point in your lifetime, you take that money out tax-free as long as it's used for medical expenses. Okay. So in a nutshell, you're never paying taxes on that money. So that's interesting. (laughs) So I didn't know it was like an investment account, right? So I thought it was just an account like you paid into and then it was just kind of like a savings account, let's say. And then like if you had those medical expenses... You could just pull from that account. Yes, yes. But you can invest that money. Exactly. And I think that's why it's grown in popularity because people now realize that, oh, wow, I can actually invest this money. It doesn't have to just sit there in cash. So it's not like the FSA, which is the flexible spending account. Okay. That's usually the alternative option that you get through your employer. They say, oh, pick this plan and get an FSA or pick this plan and get an HSA. 
The FSA money, you use it or lose it. And at the end of the year, hey, sorry, you didn't have medical expenses. Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> We're keeping we'll the change. Take that. Yeah. yeah. But with the HSA money, it's your money. So you get to keep it. You get to roll it over the years. And hopefully you're investing it so that money is actually growing and compounding over the years. Interesting. And then also it's a deduction on your taxes, like the money that you've invested into that account. Yes. And here's another tip and trick that (laughs) if you're not into the tax code, it's okay. I'm not offended, but... Leverage your CPA. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Leverage your CPA and your financial planner. But the money that you put into the HSA account, you don't actually pay FICA and Medicare taxes either. So you don't pay the Social Security and Medicare taxes, which is about seven point some percent. Okay. So not only are you skipping on the federal, but you're not even paying the payroll tax. So it's really a significant (laughs) savings. You're saying everybody should have an HSA account. Well, I'm saying that it's definitely something you should consider. The caveat, right, is HSAs. You're only eligible for a health savings account if you have a high deductible medical plan. Mm. So you do have to weigh your high deductible medical plan versus whatever other medical plan that you're offered to make sure that it's still a good medical plan, right? Right, right. Yep. Okay. So not everybody has that option to have one of those accounts. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Okay. The advantages there are pretty significant, right? If that works out for you and your interests, that's a great plan. So let's dive into like the, I guess, more just like investing money Mm -hmm. versus saving money and kind of like that approach and mindset Uh and that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think like, so when we talked about this before, I've read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is like one of the first books Mm -hmm. I read that kind of changed my thought on money, yeah, investing money Mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff. I feel like it's a lot of like our parents' generations that have like the quote unquote poor dad mindset or Mm -hmm. just like, let's save money, let's put money into a savings account and then we'll retire and then we'll just live off that that savings Mm -hmm. account. Whereas like the millennials and the younger generation kind of have that rich dad or like, I'm going to invest money in different avenues and grow my money, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So here, because I'm a visual learner, (laughs) as you're talking, here's what I picture myself. (laughs) And this is the easiest way that you can understand why investing is so important. So picture yourself. There is a big mountaintop. okay, and you are pushing a big rock up that hill. okay? that's what it feels like initially when you start to invest. okay? Mm -hmm. because you're pushing this heavy rock up this really steep mountain. okay? And when you're young, you're starting your career, which is when you should start investing. It feels like, oh my gosh, I have student loans. I need to buy my first house. There's so many priorities. How do I balance saving and investing with everything else that I want to spend money on today? Right. 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 So it just feels really hard those first few years. But if you just push a little harder, (laughs) okay, and you just get started. It's all about those little habits that add up over time, right? So you build those habits and you get momentum. And then eventually you're going to get to that top of the hill and the rock will just kind of roll down and it starts to feel easy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately the power of compounding and the power of investing. Because if you can just get up to that top, right, the money will just continue growing for you and paying you dividends 
And ultimately, work becomes optional, right? That's right. the goal. Right. And so you can live off your hard work and your investments, and you no longer have to push it uphill. <laughs> yeah. So there's different ways to invest your money. But I think, like you said, the important thing there is start as early as you can, Absolutely. right? Just Even if it's just a small amount of money, mm-hmm. right? Just build that habit mm-hmm. of taking money out of each paycheck That's and investing it. Absolutely. And this is a Chinese proverb, I'm told, but it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And it says, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. The next best time is today. Today, yeah. Right? Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> and so the key here is start where you are. Start small. If you have $20 a month, start there, yeah. right? And same thing with buying your house, right? When I was in my 20s, my first house was... It wasn't a mega mansion. It wasn't a waterfront property, but it was a townhouse and we could afford it. And we ended up selling at a much higher price than I ever imagined possible. And it helped us buy our second house, which I love. Right. So it's all about those little steps that you take through your life. Yep. So if you're just starting out, Mm -hmm. right, if you're either your career is just starting or you're just kind of now realizing that like, oh, I should start investing some money. Yeah. Like what are some good options for people or what can you talk about and tips and stuff you can give to kind of get started? So to get started, I always say free money first. (laughs) So if you have that match, please take advantage of it. Yeah. Another thing to always remember is you have to have an emergency savings account, right? Mm. Because we all lived through COVID. Some people lost their jobs. Some companies shut down. Dental offices were closed for months. So unexpected things do happen. That's why it's super important to have at least three to six months worth of your living expenses in a bank account. Yeah. That's key. And the other thing, I think buying a house can be a great great thing for your finances because you build equity, right? right. Over time. And ideally one day when you upgrade, (laughs) you make a profit, right? So Mm -hmm. hopefully your property appreciates in value and you're able to take some of that money and use it towards your second home, hopefully your dream home. Right. Right. Yeah. I think one thing you just mentioned there is having that emergency fund, Mm -hmm. right? That's something my wife and I did quite a few years ago was yeah. before we started investing. And that was something we always contributed mm-hmm. to kind of grow that. And my wife is the one who's a stickler for like, we've got to make sure that <laughs> sure. there's money in the emergency fund yes. account. Mm-hmm. But it creates just like having that there. I think, I don't know what the word is. Like it kind of just gives you like a sense of calm over mm-hmm. like your finances, right? So if anything does go wrong, you lose your job or whatever it yes. is, or the economy goes down mm-hmm. or something like that, you have money set aside for those times, right? So it makes a big difference. Yes. I call it the sleep at night factor. (laughs) (laughs) And that that is priceless. So I absolutely advocate for having an emergency fund. Yeah, It's one of the foundational things that you need to have in place. Going back to like investing in real estate, right? Mm -hmm. So if you buy that first home, Mm -hmm. more likely than not, the starter home that you're going to buy, there's going to be some issues that come up, right? And I say any buyer that I work with, we talk about this, like you don't want to deplete every dollar you have when you're buying a home, because there's going to be something that comes up that needs to be fixed. And if you don't have the funds to fix Mm -hmm. that, and now you're going to lose your home because of that, there's no point in investing in real estate then. Yeah. So having that savings account Mm -hmm. is huge. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so what I do is I help people invest in stocks and bonds, 
financial instruments, which is one way to grow your wealth over time. Historically speaking, we know what kind of rates of return to expect, but there's other ways, right? You can invest in real estate. Any appreciating asset really is what we're going for. Something that's going to appreciate over time versus depreciate. Right. (laughs) Right. Like a car. Exactly. Typically yeah. a car. Typically a car. Typically oh, a car. Yeah. Now we live in normal times. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I do know some people that have made money on their cars yes, the last couple of yes. years, which kind of just like blows my yes, mind. But yeah. I know. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But typically, as soon as you buy a car and you walk off the lot, you lose 20% right. Right. or so. So you don't want to invest in cars. No. Stocks, bonds, real estate. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> So hopefully these are all like helpful tips for anybody that's listening to kind of plan for coming up into 2022 taxes when you're doing that. Some great options for your taxes for mm-hmm. tax planning, whether you're investing in the 401ks, the health savings account, all great stuff. Mm-hmm. I do want to mention <laughs> because we are a different generation where the typical worker only stays at their job for, they say, an average of three to five years. Okay. It might even be shorter now yeah. with the great resignation. Yeah. And so I just want to mention this to anybody who's changing jobs or who has changed jobs. Don't lose track of your old retirement accounts. <laughs> you want to make sure that you know exactly where your money is, how it's invested, And it might benefit you to consolidate. So you have one account to manage instead of 10 little 401ks Mm -hmm. all over the place. Because I see that a lot. People come to me and they're like, oh, I'm getting all these statements and I don't really know what these accounts are, how they are invested. And a lot of times your money is not invested correctly based on what you tell me is important to you and what you want to achieve in life. So let's make sure that you have a plan. That's a good idea. So I didn't realize that like, so the 401k, like Mm -hmm. that stays with that company, right? Because they're the ones that are investing. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So it's your money treated with love and care. And (laughs) let's make sure that you have a plan. Yeah. And reach out to Tess and leverage her time and expertise to kind of help guide you through that process and managing your money. Yes. And I like to tell people I am not your typical financial advisor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because people have this perception that all financial advisors have a half a million dollar asset minimum, right? And that is just not who I am and it's not who I help. I help the average person like you and me who are starting out and the world is our oyster. (laughs) Yes, so many options. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Round two, Tess. It was fun. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Palm Harbor Local. I really hope you got a ton of value out of today's episode. Now, if you're looking to connect with the guest or just get more information on the episode, then you can check the description below. All the links in the episode, as well as the link back to my website, it's palmharborlocal.com, where you can stay up to date on what's going on with the podcast and sign up there to join the locals. Let's get after it this week. And remember, together, we keep Palm Harbor Local.